Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Today we're talking all about personal retreats. <sighs> Doesn't that sound lovely? Just take a deep breath with me. <sighs> a personal retreat. Doesn't that sound amazing? It does. And you might be thinking, well, that might sound great to you, but that's not really possible for me right now. So I'm excited to share Erin Odom with you today. She wrote an entire ebook about how to take a personal retreat. And in this episode, we share a little bit about things that led up to us taking our own personal retreats for the first time. And then also tips on how really no matter what situation you're in, what your finances are, how many kids you have or how busy your husband is, ways that you can take a personal retreat. Because there is so much value in stepping back regrouping and really getting the going back to the basics and, and refocusing because when we're in the midst of motherhood it's easy to get overwhelmed and and run after all these different things that seem like they're really important at the time but if we're not taking the time to step back and say okay what's really my priority and when we're able to do that then it allows us to let so many things go and we find that we were carrying all these burdens on our back that we didn't even need to carry in the first place so if you've never taken a personal retreat Grab a pen, take some notes today, and I challenge you to make it happen sometime in the next couple months because it is such a powerful practice. So let's dive into our interview today with Erin Odom. Hey, Erin, thank you so much for joining us on the Inspire to Action podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing very well. I know that you've had a whole bunch going on lately, in particular, the big bundle that you help run. Uh, I'd love for you to introduce us to yourself and then tell us a little bit about that whirlwind project that you had going. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Erin and I blog at thehumbledhomemaker.com and I co-run ultimate-bundles.com with Stephanie of Keeper of the Home. And basically the bundle sale only ran for one week, but we had over 100 authors and a ton of affiliates, um, lots of happy, I hope happy customers. And we sold a package of 78 eBooks, two printable packs, two e-courses and two audio files with um, over $200 for the bonuses. And um, it went really well. It covered all aspects of homemaking, um, but it is a huge, huge project. So the last couple of weeks, my goal has just been to rest and recuperate a little bit from that. I can only Im- imagine. I mean, 100 authors, the logistics of that makes my non-logistical self, <laughs> my brain just kind of explode. 
<laughs> Are you guys really detail oriented or did you have to have your husband's help with that part of it? Oh my goodness. Well, Stephanie and I, we really make a good team because she, she is more logical and analytical than I am. I'm more of the, the feelings person. I don't know how familiar you are with the Myers-Briggs, but I'm an ENFP and she's an ENTJ. And so we complement each other very well, but we're both, um, we're both more big picture people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we definitely, you have to be extremely organized to run a bundle sale. And we definitely had help from our husbands and we had a whole team of people. I have really great VAs that helped out. I mean, we had detailed spreadsheets and Dropbox folders with subfolders and all that to keep all of the resources, you know, all of the eBooks and all of the authors, all of the affiliates and all of their information organized. So, and it was something that I really have to work really hard at doing because I'm not naturally organized like that. I totally get that. I am also an ENFP. And now that you mentioned that, I'm, I think I need to do a podcast about Myers-Briggs at some point <laughs> in time because I, I think I drop these letters every now and then. And I, for one, don't exactly know a lot about it. So, and and I'm sure some people listening are like, what are you, what are you talking about? That's not even a word. What's ENFP? But uh, I'm the same way. And when I um, used to do Hello Mornings, which is like a online community of women that um, are dedicated to spending time with God in the morning exercise and planning. And in the very beginning stages of that, I would organize all these people. And I, I guess in the beginning, we had maybe a thousand or so people and they're in time zones all over the world. And I would organize them on a spreadsheet. I mean, even saying this blows my mind a little bit that I ever <laughs> did this. I would organize all thousand to 2000 people on a spreadsheet by time zone and desired wake-up time. And I remember sitting at Starbucks one time just with my laptop and Excel open. And Excel and I aren't even friends. And so just to be spending that much time <laughs> with Excel was kind of crazy. And and I spent so much time trying to get all these women in groups and just praying about it and hoping that each group would be a blessing to people and then trying to match everything up with everyone and then giving them, you know, the appropriate leader who was also in their time zone. By the end of it, I was just, you know, I was pretty much spent and never wanted to see um, a spreadsheet <laughs> again for the for the rest of my life, if at all possible, but at least for a few months. And so I needed to just kind of get away at that point in time. It was just so much. And I just needed to step back. And for everybody listening, I'm sure there are times when you feel the exact same way. Maybe you're not dealing with spreadsheet or Dropbox folders or bundles or whatever, but maybe it's a season when you're having a really hard medical issue with one of your children or with yourself or your spouse. Maybe it's just a season in which you're diving, you know, headfirst into school stuff and PTA meetings and all kinds of responsibilities, or it's just a challenging season with your children. Maybe you're not getting a lot of sleep or you're having discipline issues with one of your kids. We all have those seasons when we just feel overwhelmed. And when it finally comes to an end, we need to figure out a way to regroup. And I wanted Erin on the show today because she wrote an ebook about taking a retreat. And I know that seems to a lot of people like a very grand thing that isn't possible for moms, but it is. It's something that I've written about in the past and that I'm very passionate about. So Erin, I'd love to know how you got started 
doing that? Was there something that led to it? Did you just know that it was something that you needed to do? Or how did you get started taking your retreat? Well, I think I've really been taking these retreats without even really calling them that since I was maybe even in college or at least in my 20s. I know the year after I graduated from college, I went to Costa Rica and lived for a year and did mission work. And um, another single teacher and I, we um, both took some time one weekend. We said, you know what, let's just go to the beach and take our Bibles and take our journals and just spend some time with the Lord, praying through like different goals and things. I think both of us were at the point where we um, didn't know if we were going to renew and stay another year in Costa Rica. We, we were teaching at a school for missionary children. And so we did that. And um, I think that might be one of the earliest ones that I can remember um, where it was just a little bit more focused and just spending that whole weekend, we really didn't even talk to each other, um, except maybe at meals. We just both, you know, like sat on the bed or um, a chair or the beach and just like just journaled and just like sought the Lord on just like some goals for our lives. And so, of course, it looked different then than it does now as a mom. But um, even when I was a newlywed, it would just look like going to the coffee shop for an afternoon and just trying to unplug. And well, even when I was a newlywed, I married um, in 2005. There, I didn't have like an iPhone or anything like that. So it was a little bit easier to go somewhere and unplug. But just spend some time seeking the Lord for... Um, what he wanted for my life. And so it kind of started out like that. It wasn't really anything very formal. And then I realized when I became a mom, it was going to be a little bit more difficult to get that time away. And when I did get that time away, I was going to need to be a little bit more focused and strategic in it um, to accomplish everything I wanted to during that time. So was it something that your husband was, was he always on board with it? Or did you kind of, I know as moms, sometimes we feel hesitant to ask our husbands to watch the kids while we go do this thing that seems really relaxing instead of going to the grocery store or something. So how, how was he, was he supportive of the whole idea? He is, he is very supportive of it. Um, especially after I've had a really busy season, like the bundle sale. I mean, sometimes they'll even tell me you need to take some time and go get away. And I mean, sometimes it's hard for him because I, I'm a work at home mom. There are a lot of Saturdays where I'm already going to the coffee shop or whatever, just to work. Um, and so, you know, sometimes he needs to have that little break too, but he knows when it's me going to get away. Um, he's very supportive of it. Um, is that something that he's always been available for to help you with so that you can go away? Have you ever employed, not employed, but, you know, traded off with friends or anything like that? Well, in my book, I talk about trading off with friends and I'm trying to think, um, here recently, it's mostly been him that will, when I go on my retreat. Now, as far as when I work from home, like right now I have, I have some babysitters that help me, but, um, I think, you know, in the early days when I had like really little ones and I did stuff during the day, um, there were a couple of friends that we would, you know, trade off and like help each other with our kids. But right now it's more him watching them while I just go by myself to a coffee shop. Uh, you know, and I have to agree that it is so healthy to take a retreat. And again, I know it can feel possibly indulgent if you're in the thick of everything, but it is so good and so healthy 
for us as moms to really have our head above water and to not feel completely overwhelmed. And I think I took my first retreat, I want to say when my oldest was maybe one or so, and my husband just sent me to a hotel down the street. I, we're, we're a one-car family since he works from home. And uh, so I wasn't going to necessarily be traveling anywhere. But I went to a hotel down the street. And I just spent uh, two nights, I think, at the hotel. And just spent time praying. And I brought my guitar, hopefully not annoying my hotel neighbors. And just it was just a really, really fantastic time to get away and to just get my focus right, to get my heart right, to just get out all the junk that had kind of built up over the course of a really exhausting year, to just get it all out and, and get my perspective fresh again. Um, and then the following years, I figured out that if you have a college campus near you, that is an awesome place to take a retreat. I would stay at a bed and breakfast that was right on the edge of the college campus that's in our town. And that was so awesome because I didn't need a car. So it was, you know, near the, near the campus. So I could just wake up in the morning and then walk down to the coffee shop that was right there at night. There were concerts happening all over the place and I could go to different libraries and hang out. And so if, if finances are tight for you or you're a one car family or something like that, finding a place to stay near a college campus I found was super helpful for me. Or I guess also if there's a downtown where you live, we don't really have one of those in my little town. Um, so yep. do you take, are your retreats still more coffee shop ones or do you go off for an overnight period of time? How, how do they look in this season? In this season right now, they've been more coffee shop. My husband and I are going to um, a blogging conference actually together in a few weeks. And so he's going to be with me, but we're going to stay a little bit longer than the conference is because it's the first time we've left our youngest overnight and she's 20 months, but I'm actually still nursing her. Um and so that is going to be the first overnight in a while. Normally in this season, I've had, I had three kids in four years. And so it's, it's been like pregnancy after pregnancy, breastfeeding after pregnancy, you know, breastfeeding, breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been extended days at a coffee shop. And there's even been a few times where my husband has brought me uh, whichever child I was nursing partway through the day to the coffee shop to nurse and then taken her back home so that I could have that day away. I love that you're just making it happen. So you get to the coffee shop. What does your time look like on your retreat? Well, usually I take some time. First of all, um, you know, I go to the coffee shop a lot to work. And so to make it look differently, when I take my retreat, um, a lot of times because I work on my computer, I didn't used to not, I didn't, I used to take my, be able to take my computer on my retreats, but because I work now, I'm too tempted to work if I take my computer with me. Mm -hmm. So I try to completely unplug, leave my computer at home. Um, you know, I might have my phone so I can, you know, be gotten an emergency, but, um, I leave, you know, electronics and stuff at home and I will usually just sit in a chair and I will start out by journaling and just asking the Lord if he will just bless the time and just show me what he wants to during that time. And, um, I'll usually turn on because I have my phone. Um, I listen to K-Love a lot and you can go to klove.com and you can stream the music through the phone. And so I'll listen to some music on there, like just 
a lot of their music is very worshipful um, and just encouraging. And so um, I'll journal and journal and ask the Lord what He wants to teach me, and then um, I will read some in the Bible, and from there I will um, start my retreat. And do you go through goals that you have set? Um, is it a time where you really plan, or is it more just a time of resting and listening? If I have the whole day to have my whole retreat or if it's something that would be, you know, overnight, I usually start with that, just resting and reflecting and just seeking the Lord. But then I get down into kind of what I have in my book, the nitty gritty of goal setting. And if it's partway through the first um, retreat of the year, I really try to set those goals. And then throughout the year, when I have more retreats, look at those goals, see how I need to tweak them, see how they're going if I'm meeting my goals during um, that time. And what I do, I divide out, because I'm not detail-oriented naturally, I've had to force myself to sit down and, and do this, look at my life and the different roles that I play. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a homemaker, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a work-at-home mom and business owner. And so I, I break down my different roles and I set goals for each of those roles because otherwise naturally left to my own devices, I would look at all that and I would just get utterly overwhelmed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I get that. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually exactly how I do it as well. I created a mission statement for myself several years ago. And so I'll sit down and start with that. And that really helps me even if I already have goals and things like, and and that sort of thing, when I have a personal, an intentional personal retreat time, I kind of tend to start back at the beginning. Cause if I just start with goals that I've sent recently for myself, then it's kind of like if you're going for a hike and then instead of just going back to the very original start of the path that you're on, um, but instead just hiking along and keeping going on the path that you're on, you may have gotten off track at some point in time. And so for me, it's been helpful to always go back to that original starting place of my mission statement. And then I, I start there and then I look at my goals and I say, hey, are these are these still on track with what I'm wanting to do? And I sort of reevaluate the goals that I had set just to make sure that they're still on track and I wasn't just sidetracked somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's been just so helpful because I think it's sort of easy to make plans and to set goals, but reviewing is really, really hard to do and is almost uncommon. And I think that's the great power of taking a retreat is taking the time to actually review um, where we wanted to go and where we're headed. Do you take time to look back on what you did before and how you're moving along, or is it mostly a forward-thinking time where you look ahead? Um, I do take time to look back, and I just, it hit me, it's funny, it hit me last week that it's really time to schedule, you know, this past couple weeks, because of it's been after the bundle sale, I've been really trying to take care of myself and rest, but as far as like going back and looking my at my goals, I realized last week I really need to take some time to do that, because I had a, a really tough decision to face last week, and I'm not confrontational, and it was a little bit confrontational what this was, and um, anyway... I just had a really hard time making a decision. I think I was asked to do something that I wasn't really wanting to do, but I didn't want to say no. I really struggle with that. And um, anyway, my one 
word for the year is boundaries because I struggle mm-hmm. with boundaries. And so um, this was one of those things. I feel like ever since I made that my one word, um, God has given me many opportunities to learn boundaries. <laughs> he's, he's given me, I mean, it has been crazy how many times I've had to practice setting boundaries this year. Um, but also something that I had written down, and I had read this in several places, and may have even heard it on one of your podcasts too, was that you um, say yes to the things that are like, oh yes, you know, like you absolutely cannot wait to do whatever those things are. And then everything else say no to. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things. It wasn't an oh yes. It was a very begrudging yes, if I were to say yes, but I struggled with it. And then after I finally said no and had like talked it through with some friends and everything, I thought if I had just gone back and looked at my notes from my last retreat, I would have mm-hmm. said no immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that is really key, like you're saying, to take that time to go back and look at how you're doing and making sure that you're on track. And if your goals are still what they were at the beginning of the year, or if you, you need to change them a little bit. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, I'm, I'm an analogy person, but it makes me think of like the ocean when you go swimming at the beach and you're out there swimming for a while. If you don't look back every now and then, you know, an hour later, you'll realize that you're half a mile from the place where you set your stuff down on the beach because the the tide just kind of carries you off to the side or farther out. And I think it's the same in our lives and with our goals, we can get caught up in a whole bunch of different things and lose sight of what was originally important to us. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to take that time to step back, to hear God, to review, and then to set goals based on what he says and what we remember are the most important things. Now, a lot of moms might not have a husband who has the time for or the perspective to take care of their kids while they go on some sort of retreat? What are some creative ways that they can use to get this time to focus and to plan? I would say um, one way would be to, um, you know, if you don't have all day or a weekend to go somewhere, to break it up into smaller chunks. You know, even if you're able to get a babysitter for an hour or two and say, okay, I'm going to take this time, you know, an hour a week for the next month to have, you know, a mini retreat for myself. Um And also just like trading it up with friends, you know, if you Mm -hmm. can't afford a babysitter, which I understand that because really it was just in the past year that we've been able to even afford um, paying a babysitter. um, I would see if one of your friends would like to trade childcare with you. And, you know, even if you can't go down to the coffee shop, if you have a room, a different room in your house, you know, upstairs room, I actually am upstairs in my bedroom right now talking to you while my girls are downstairs with a babysitter, you know, even something like that, just to get alone and get away for a little while, I think is better than nothing. And, you know, it doesn't have to be an entire day. Um, You know, for me, eventually, hopefully in the next year or so, I can move um, back to where I can spend, you know, a night or two away again for my retreats. But in this season, I've had, you know, the day at the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. For you, it might be just that hour or two by yourself. And I think in this digital age, taking an entire hour and not being connected to technology, but just actually sitting and praying and thinking will feel like a lot more time than what we imagine it will, because Mm -hmm. we're so used to being to multitasking, to do 10 different things all at the same time or checking on this and checking on that. And so 
I think an hour of dedicated time is a lot more refreshing than we might imagine. And just as you're talking about trading off with friends, I think another idea that they could do would be you take your kids over to your friend's house and you go up in, you know, one of their guest bedrooms or somewhere while all the kids play and your friend watches them. And then halfway through the day, you just switch out. And um, that way you both can get that retreat all in one day and hopefully you feel refreshed and stuff. Um, Yeah. Most of mine have been overnight ones. That was kind of, you know, we didn't start it until um, my kids were a little bit, well, I guess, I guess they're about one or so, but we just kind of made it happen just because even though I am an ENFP, I think I'm kind of on the line there between extrovert and introvert. And there are definitely, definitely times when I just need some space, especially when I had small kids. I just needed to get away and I just needed to be by myself for a while. And my husband saw how beneficial it was, not just for me, but for our whole family, Mm -hmm. for me to get that. You know, um, Megan at sortacrunchy.net is mm-hmm. really big into Myers-Briggs. And she's told me before, because she's also an ENFP, that the ENFP is the most introverted of the extroverts. Oh. So, because I've told her sometimes, I've said, and I think I score like 80% on the extrovert. But um, sometimes I will start to feel like I just need some alone time. And it always surprises me because I am an extrovert. But I guess we ENFPs really do need that time. And really, I do think all moms do. Um, because yeah. when, we, when our kids are little, we are with them 24-7. And I know at first I felt guilty. Like, felt guilty even wanting to be away from my kids for a little bit, you Definitely. know? And, um, but I've noticed when I come home from being gone from them, I feel like I'm so excited to see them. And they're so excited to see me. And I feel like... I have renewed energy for being their mommy mm-hmm. that, that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. That's that's so true. I definitely felt that guilt. I remember my husband actually suggesting that I go on the retreat. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't need to do that. Because we want to be super women, I think, as moms. And we want to be able, we want to just have it together and be able to handle it all. But it is so helpful. Just like any athletic team takes a timeout. And that can change the entire course of the game. I think we need to take that time out as well. And, and you know, I, I think one other way we can get our husbands on board is to give them that opportunity as well. Let them get some time away to retreat and to plan and to pray. And they can see how beneficial it is for them. And then hopefully they'll see how beneficial it could be for us as well. Mm-hmm. So um, any last encouragements you would have for a mom who's thinking about this and wanting to make it happen? I would just say, just, just do it. You know, um, the first time you do it, you, like Kat and I just said that you'll probably feel, you know, you might feel a little guilty, but I think that you will feel so refreshed afterwards and it's definitely worth it to pull everything together to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel stressed before you leave, you know, a lot of times I feel like, okay, is it really worth, you know, lining up when my husband can do it or lining up childcare and, you know, gathering up my, all my things to leave. And it really is, you will feel so refreshed when you get back home. Absolutely. And you know, one more thing I would add is I would say, don't feel like the whole time you just need to be planning and goal setting and things. Plan things that you can do that are going to, that you can consume. So it's not just in this whole time of intense creating goals and plans and things, but you know, get put on your, your iPhone or whatever, a bunch of 
videos about parenting or sermons that you've heard or things that are going to really, really fill you up and Mm -hmm. inspire you while you're in this wonderful place where you can actually plan and think. And so so don't feel like it's just this time where you need to write things out, but it's also a time when you can consume some information that you might not be able to in your regular day-to-day life and stuff that's going to kind of give you fresh vision for what you do when you go back to your kids. So like bring some Sally Clarkson books or check out some Amy McCready parenting videos or whatever it takes, just things to fill you up and give you fresh vision for when you get back home. Um, Aaron, where can people find you again online and how can they get a copy of your ebook? They can find me at thehumbledhomemaker.com. It's not humble, it's humbled because I am very imperfect. <laughs> and so I'm the humbled homemaker and um, they can find my book on my site. Awesome. Erin, thank you so much for joining us today. And you're going to be on my other podcast pretty soon, the How They Blog podcast. So for everybody listening who wants to hear more about Erin and what she does online, be sure to check that out as well. So thanks for joining us, Erin. Thank you. It was great to talk to you, Kat. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. Gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day.